Lost to see how that episode fits into the series as a whole. Today, I'll be looking at episode 609, entitled Abiturno. This is the 112th episode of the series, and there are nine to go. A feedback reminder, you can always say hello to me on Twitter, where I'm Looking Back Lost. You can send an email to lookingbackatlost at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on the webpage, lookingbackatlost.podbean.com. And last, but certainly not least, you can call the listener line at 732-707-1815 and leave a message of up to three minutes long that may be used on the podcast. With that, let's jump straight into the Wikipedia summary for this episode, 609 Abiturno. Prior to her arrival on the island in 2007, Ilana is visited by Jacob in a Russian hospital where he tells her to protect his remaining candidates. This continues from her flashback in the incident. Following the events of the episode Dr. Linus, Ilana explains to the group of survivors that Jack, Son, Hurley are all candidates to replace Jacob, the man in charge of the island, who has recently been murdered. When asked what to do next, she says that Richard Alpert knows. Richard, who has become suicidal and despondent since Jacob's death, says he does not know and leaves the camp. In a flashback from 1867, Richard Alpert, known as Ricardo, lives in Tenerife with his dying wife, Isabella. He travels to a doctor in order to obtain medicine, but the doctor refuses Ricardo's meager payment, and Ricardo accidentally kills the man when they struggle over the medicine. Ricardo returns home to find that his wife has died, and he is subsequently arrested for murdering the doctor. In prison, he is visited by a priest who, after learning that Ricardo has been learning English in preparation for beginning a life in the New World, tells him that he cannot be forgiven and will be hanged. The priest, however, accepts a bribe and allows Ricardo to be taken as a slave to the New World aboard the Black Rock. The ship is caught in a violent storm and a tsunami sweeps it ashore onto the mysterious island, first crashing through the statue of Towerett and smashing it to pieces. The next day, the smoke monster kills everyone on board except Ricardo. As he works to free himself, a vision of his wife appears and tells him that they are in hell. She is then apparently killed by the monster. After six grueling days, the man in black, who, unbeknownst to Richard, is the human form of the monster, frees Ricardo from his shackles and tells Ricardo that he must kill Jacob, to whom he refers as the devil, in order to get his wife back and leave the island. Ricardo attempts to kill Jacob, but is easily outmaneuvered. Jacob explains the function of the island using a bottle of wine as an analogy. The island acts as a cork, and that is the only thing keeping the darkness in the bottle. 
Without the cork, the darkness would escape and spread. As the man in black sees it, people are inherently evil, while Jacob believes they are inherently good. To this end, Jacob brings people to the island so that they may disprove the man in black. However, he does not believe in telling people what to do, since this would negate their free will to choose good. When Ricardo points out that the man in black will corrupt them, as he himself was corrupted, Jacob suggests that Ricardo become his representative to the people he brings to the island. In return, Jacob will offer him a reward of his choice. He eventually grants Ricardo immortality after Ricardo reacts to Jacob's inability to bring back his dead wife or absolve him of his sins. Ricardo returns to the man in black, who states that his offer is still open should Ricardo change his mind. He gives Ricardo the cross necklace that Isabella gave him before she died, and it is buried on the island. Back in 2004, Richard visits the site where he has buried his wife's necklace on the island, shouting that he has changed his mind and wishes to join the man in black. Does the offer still stand, he cries. Instead, Hurley arrives and, using his ability to communicate with the dead, acts as an intermediary between Richard and his wife, Isabella. She explains that Richard must stop the man in black from leaving the island or else we'll all go to hell. The man in black, in the form of John Locke, is shown to be watching them from a distance. In another flashback, Jacob visits the man in black and tells him that he will never let him leave the island. The man in black insists he will kill Jacob one day, but Jacob retorts that another will just take his place. The former responds that he will simply kill them too. Jacob then gives him the aforementioned corked wine bottle, which the man in black breaks by smashing it against the log. With that, let's now get into my thoughts about the episode. And this should be um, an interesting podcast. I'm not quite sure how it's going to go. I'd say it's about as many notes as usual, perhaps a tad less, just because this is an episode with, um, you know, it's a payoff episode. We at no time think Richard is actually going to die. Um, We know he's going to end up helping Jacob for a whole chunk of time. I believe the earliest we've seen Richard would be the 1950s up until... His, his loss of faith here recently in 2007. Um, so those sort of payoff episodes, of course, sometimes give you a bit less to chew on. Now, the flip side is I have a ton of clips, maybe not a huge number, but some very, very lengthy clips because this is such an important episode. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the episode starts with a mouth-watering previously on Lost. It is clear that it is A, And in fact, the Richard episode that we've been waiting for. We then uh, start in a familiar spot. Ilana sick in the hospital with Jacob arriving to comfort her. Though quickly, Jacob is the one asking for help. And you know, it struck me rather like uh, the leper reaching to touch the cloak of Christ. And Christ saying, hey, sorry about the leprosy thing. Hey, while we're talking, I have an important job for you. Uh, Alana is, of course, all you know, bandaged up and 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 horribly, uh, horribly hurt. Now, I have to confess too that this opening threw me for a loop. I remember this episode so very well, but somehow in my memory, I was convinced that it opened with the lush horse riding opening, which is actually the beginning of the of the flashback. Uh, I I think, of course, I'm I'm mixing it up with uh, across the sea. That is that is. Um, more compact in its uh, in its flashbacks story. Anyhow, instead, we have Ilana's flashback, which concludes, and the candidates are then around the fire. 
while Ilana relays the story of what's what and says that Ricardus will decide what's next. With that, cut to the ambivalent and faithless Richard, who quickly spouts the earliest theory of the show. It's so it's so wonderful that the show here points back to its very beginnings, just now that we've abandoned the idea, the idea that everyone is dead. Uh, we've abandoned it. I shouldn't even say now. It has been abandoned for so long. Now we have someone with so much insight saying, uh, everyone here is dead. With that, the audience vis-a-vis Hurley asks if Richard means that figuratively. Richard says, no, this is literally hell and they're all dead. The show here is really selling it hard as a, a theory of the week, perhaps. But, you know, the, the music is going, it ends the act, the, 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 the shocking notion. But it just doesn't feel particularly serious. I mean, it's being presented seriously, but I don't think, you know, even the most uh, greenhorn new uh, viewer, first time viewer, I don't think really is willing to bite, to bite that off, to, to believe it. Anyhow, with that... We get the title card, then Richard storming through the jungle, and there's, at this point, some much more catch-up dialogue, including that Smokey is Locke, kind of. Uh, with that, Jack notices Hurley, we're back at the beach, Jack notices Hurley speaking Spanish to someone. This is our little mystery for the episode. Uh, there's a fun bit where Jack thinks it's Jacob talking about Jack, and Hurley gets kind of Jack block, Jack, by saying that, surprise, surprise, this is not about Jack. Now then, at this point, in large part, the island episode basically ends. Uh, and in a certain sense, the episode inside the episode, this extended Richard flashback, um, it's it begins, um, it's almost a teaser act within the flashback. Uh, it begins as Ben and Alana and Frank kind of start to reflect on it, and they set up quite a yarn indeed. What makes you so sure? I've known him since I was 12 years old. That should count for something. So you guys met when you were kids, huh? No, Frank, I was a kid. Richard looked just like he does today. You're saying this guy doesn't age. That's exactly what I'm saying. And how the hell do you think that happened? The flashback. Yes, an actual flashback takes us to Richard on horseback and Giacchino's music here is it's always so wonderful to hear it's lush and just especially fantastic it's epic it's befitting this character whose mystery has gone back so so far in the series has been such an important part of the series and now we get uh, to finally learn about him Richard arrives at his modest home uh, inside of which is a sick wife who coughs up blood into the hanky that, of course, is visual code for terminal tuberculosis. It's also when the show starts its large portion of Spanish only, hence, of course, uh, reducing the amount of clips that can be taken uh, from this portion of the story. Isabella offers up her golden cross to sweeten the pay for the doctor. Richard here is clearly scared and in love, and once again, we're just so drawn in uh, into a compelling and wonderful flashback story, despite the fact that this isn't the island or the hatch or the others or the button or it, you know, it's just it's, in so many ways, it's a self-contained story, at least for now. Yes, we get smoky stuff and Jacob stuff, and this is the setup to that. But 
We're not saying hurry up, get there, get there, get there. It's just so compelling from the get-go. With that, Richard uh, goes to see the doctor. And there's a wonderful little moment where the doctor asks for his pay while holding the life-saying medicine and, uh, and asks if, uh, if this is everything. Richard then silently hands over that cross and says, now you have everything. Uh, a fight ensues. The doctor hits his head and dies. And Richard races home with a very costly medicine to find a dead Isabella. Richard is, of course, caught and put in prison. And very quickly, it seems even for first-time viewers that we're now, you know, a step closer, a step closer to, you know, a slave ship or a prison ship. Um, it, it just seems like this logical, like, oh, it must be the Black Rock that brings him. He's old enough for that. It's an old ship. Clearly, that's what's next. That is until, of course, the priest comes to take Richard's confession. The wonderful Padre refuses to give to give absolution for murder and explains that the only way out is through penitence. Oh, and by the way, Richard is to be hanged tomorrow and he'll meet the devil in hell. So a nice, uh, you know, nice delaying of the Black Rock reveal, certainly, because I think at this point it's obvious. So they decide to unobvious it. That's a word. Richard at this point is shocked and profoundly so. And I think that we're left feeling that it makes sense on a certain level it's a rare time when the flashback explains so very much particularly you know compared to uh, as we've seen richard of late for that we have an act break and then it's the morning the morning when richard is meant to die and perhaps predictably but nonetheless satisfactorily richard is stopped on the way for a second chance of sorts you say he speaks english yes mr whitfield do you speak English? I asked, do you speak English? Take him away and bring me another. Hang him. Yes, yes I speak English! Yes, I speak English! Wait! You have strong hands. What sort of work did you do? I work. I work in the fields. I understand you were interested in going to the new world. Yes. Well, then, this is your lucky day. Thank you, Father. This man is now the property of Captain Magnus Hanson. I hope we don't get seasick. And with that crack of thunder, we see now that he's in the Black Rock. Obvious. Only a tad, perhaps, but even on multiple viewings, it's thrilling. This isn't just the Richard flashback, it's also a, a Black Rock flashback as well. In the rain and the thunder, we see that the ship is getting closer and closer to the statue, the completed full statue. And then there's just a wonderful use of effects where we see from the deck that the shift is being lifted and heading toward the statue and crunch, cut to black. And they awake safe wherever they landed, of course, in the jungle. Now, safe is a relative statement because the prisoners are chained to the ship's hold. And uh, naturally, eagle-eyed viewers or viewers with long memories uh, will remember that there, of course, were skeletons still in those chains uh, when we first saw the Black Rock back in 2004. Good God, we're in the middle of a bloody jungle. Are you 
¡Ayuda! ¡Aquí abajo! ¡Estamos vivos! ¡Estamos vivos! ¡Ayuda! ¡Estamos aquí! ¡Estamos aquí! Gracias, Dios, gracias. Muchas gracias. No, no, stop, no, stop. No, stop. No, 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 stop. no, 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 we are shipwrecked in the middle of the jungle. We have no fresh water and limited supplies. And there are only five officers left. Why, why are you doing this? Because if I freed you, it'd only be a matter of time before you tried to kill me. Ah, to be saved by the devil himself. What happened up there? The show, to its credit, takes a low-tech approach to most of Smokey's attack. It's shown off-camera. I said report! Most of it, anyway. <laughs> Seeing Smokey is old hat at this point. In the show, that is to say, the show in general. But when he arrives... Uh, at, at the hold of the ship, the effects are marvelous as Smokey slinks down the stairs, approaches Richard in a nice wide shot, then scans him. The scan, uh, you know, in a, a behind-the-scenes sense, is uh, done by a strobe light, and we don't see any of the visions of what Richard is thinking, a la Echo's scan. But nonetheless, it's a tense and scary scene, something that really... Um, it's amazing the show can get that amount of attention, despite the fact, despite the fact, that we know that Richard will be just fine. After that scan is over, Smokey just disappears, and this takes us to the end of the act. Afterwards, all is still quiet in the ship's hold, and Richard attempts slowly to get a nail out of the floor from, uh, with which he can free himself. With this, it starts to rain, and Richard is inches from a trickle of water. He, of course, can't quite reach it. And the show really, the, the show here is exploiting, and I mean that in a totally complimentary sense, um, it's exploiting the fact that we know how this will end. Richard becomes Jacob's number two. Uh, and it's kind of forcing us into the trick of figuring out how we got there, how he got there. Um, it's frustrating yet wonderful, this scene. As the story moves to Richard slowly trying, trying, trying to free himself. Yet he simply can't do it. At least not that first night. The next morning he awakes to see a boar chowing down on a former prisoner. 
And as the boar goes by, we see that the nail has been knocked out of Richard's hand and is now oh so close, but impossibly far away. It's a raw bottoming out. Of course, isn't that how Smokey wants it? Richard awakes to the answer. Yes, that is how Smokey wants it. Richard is as desperate as he can be, and he awakes to Isabella, Smokey Isabella anyway, telling him that they must move lest they be caught by the devil. This, of course, echoes how Smokey Locke has told the group that he's uh, different from the smoke monster in, in a few episodes previous. Isabella leaves and is, apparently, taken by the smoke monster, and Richard just continues to sink lower and lower and lower. All part of Smokey's plan, of course, as someone comes to help him, a man carrying water, a man capable of putting a kind, loving hand on Richard's shoulder. Here. Water. With that, we see that it is the man in black, despite, I think, some early uh, first-time viewer suggestions that it would be Jacob who comes to rescue him. Who are you? A friend. I am in hell. Yes, I'm afraid you are. You are not on the ship. I was here long before your ship. Did, did you see my, my wife? I'm sorry? Isabella, my wife. She was here. She was. But then the black smoke came and she ran. And she hasn't come back. probably means he has her. Who? I think you know who. If she's alive, I must save her. Please, please help. Of course, of course I'll help. I want to be free too. As luck would have it. I found these on one of the officers outside. I think they'll work. But before I try, I need to know that you will help me. Yes, 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 of course. You do anything I ask? Yes, yes, I promise. Then we're agreed. It's a horribly seductive scene, not in a romantic sense, but in that of the devil slowly damning you by having you call him your friend. Note, too, in that clip that the man in black doesn't lie, per se. He just says that Isabella's absence does indeed suggest that the smoke monster has taken her. The act ends with man in black giving hope for leaving, for if you're to leave hell, then you must kill the devil, a plan that we saw come to partial fruition with Ben. After the act break, Richard is chowing down on some roast pig, though the man in black doesn't partake. After all, how can a dead man eat? Here in this scene, the wording is eerily familiar. Richard is sent to kill, quote, the devil, close quote, with a knife and Richard mustn't allow the devil to speak, not even open his mouth, as he can be quite persuasive. The Man in Black's delivery here is wonderful. It's stony cold and direct, showing, I'd suggest, an immaturity and lack of finesse that he has learned by the time he takes Locke's form. 
but still there's a lack of patience that kind of bleeds through even with Smokey Lock. Um, it, it's just a nice uh, connection between the two actors portraying this character. We also get another wonderful tidbit. Anna Black says that Jacob took his body and his humanity. True enough, certainly. At least true enough on one level. Mission in hand, Richard goes to the beach, ready to do the deed to kill the devil. And he gets a fist fight for his troubles. What are you doing here? Who gave you this? Where's my wife? What? Where's my wife? I don't know your wife. Did she come here on the ship? She's dead. Then why are you asking me where she is? Did you meet a man in the jungle dressed in black? Yes. What did he tell you? He said you are the devil. And? He said the only way I would see my wife again is if I kill you. I saw her here in this place. Where is she? It wasn't your wife. Yes, it was. She's dead, just like me. You're not dead. I, I am in hell. I know that I am in hell. You really think you're dead? Where else would I be? All right, then. What are you doing? What are you doing? You think you're dead? Stop! There are a number of really nice things in that scene. It's it's a, a really excellent touch that Jacob's hair here is a bit shorter, kind of vaguely suggesting that he's a bit younger. I also really enjoy that Jacob converts Richard to the side of good with a baptism of sorts, albeit a rough fisticuffs, beware of drowning sort of baptism. Anyhow, Jacob and Richard have a heart-to-heart, uh, which starts off with uh, a wonderful little uh, little clue that no one goes inside the statue without an invite. Certainly something that, uh, that sounds familiar to us. A second clue is that Richard's ship was brought here by Jacob. Uh, this is clearly meant to connect the first time we saw Jacob and the man in black calmly talking about their fight by proxy and seeing that ship in the distance. Then... The show enters very, very important territory. Think of this wine as what you keep calling hell. There's many other names for it, too. Malevolence. Evil. Darkness. And here it is, swirling around in the bottle, unable to get out, because if it did, it would spread. Cork is this island. And it's the only thing keeping the darkness where it belongs. That man who sent you to kill me believes that everyone is corruptible because it's in their very nature to sin. I bring people here to prove him wrong. And when they get here, their past doesn't matter. 
before you brought my ship, there were others? Yes, many. What happened to them? They're all dead. Well, if you brought them here, why didn't you help them? Because I wanted them to help themselves. To know the difference between right and wrong without me having to tell them. It's all meaningless if I have to force them to do anything. Why should I have to step in? If you don't, he will. It's an absolutely critical scene. It puts the previous 111 episodes into their proper scope. That flight at 815 was another in a long line of island survivors. That the others have been the converts to good. And that our series has been a little example of the larger natural fight between good and evil. With that, Richard returns to the man in black, gives him a light rock, and is offered a place at Smokey's side should he ever reconsider. Man in Black returns Isabella's crucifix to Richard, and in a wonderful, small moment, Richard looks down at it, then looks up, and the Man in Black is gone. The flashback ends with Richard burying the crucifix. With that, the island story resumes, which, with Richard returning to that very same spot, a wonderful wide location by a very unique looking tall tree, a location drenched in sunshine and set with ancient looking rocks. It's quickly the moment of the climax of the episode. Richard declares first quietly, then louder and louder and louder as he cries out for the, for, for the true island devil to take him back, asking, de declaring that he uh, wants to know if the offer still stands. And who can rescue him this time, if not Jacob? Well, how about the next Jacob, or two Jacobs from now, Hurley, who has a message from Isabella. She wants to know why you buried her cross. How, how do you know about that? Because she just told me. What do you mean, just told you? Isabella saw you dig it up, man. She's standing right next to you. It's a slow, touching scene, a time when the larger portion of the story just stops, allowing the character moments to just simply happen. I, I don't see her. Dile que su inglés es magnífico. She's right there. She says your English is awesome. She wants you to close your eyes. It's okay, I'll tell you what she says. A touching scene unfolds. A mourning husband finally able to talk to his wife after a century or two, albeit for the briefest of moments. The conceit of Hurley translating is something that the, the story quickly dispenses away with. He's still meant to be translating, but they just remove him from the picture. And we focus on the close-ups between Isabella and Richard while the show pretends, and I mean that in the best sense, pretends vaguely and in the background of our minds that Hurley is still translating. Isabella's exit is wonderful. Hurley is on the right side of the, uh, of the camera. And as the camera moves across him, he blocks our view. Then she's gone. It seems to be the happiest of endings. Is she gone? 
Yeah. With that, Richard puts on the crucifix, an obvious symbol of redemption, both personal and in a larger sense. But of course, it's not all happiness. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. Something wrong? But you kind of said one more thing. Something you have to do. What? She said you have to stop the man in black. You have to stop him from leaving the island. Because if you don't, todos nos vamos al infierno. With that warning of all of us going to hell, there's a wide shot revealing that magnificent tree. They did show it to us for a reason. Then we see Smokey Locke, who comes into view, having been listening all along. He turns sinisterly and faces the camera. And then we're back for one more flashback. tried to kill me. You expect an apology? No. I guess I'm just wondering why you did it. Because I want to leave. Just let me leave, Jacob. As long as I'm alive, you're not going anywhere. Well, then now you know why I want to kill you. And I will kill you, Jacob. Even if you do, somebody else will take my place. Well, then I'll kill them, too. Something for you to pass the time. We'll see you around. Sooner than you think. I think it's obvious to all viewers, new and old alike, but it's such a wonderful closing image that the metaphor of the wine bottle, uh, which is stopped up to prevent evil from leaking out, it's used uh, here to show another way out, to smash it all to hell. With that, with that somber note, let's take a look at Lostpedia that has a ton, a ton on this episode. Again, a bit of a bit of a strange episode to podcast here we are just past the 35 minute mark there's not a lot to say about it between so much of it in spanish between so much of it being kind of uh, answers to questions that have been asked previously but such a potent episode and so much mythology behind it as as lostpedia notes indeed lostpedia says that the title of this episode ab eterno means from eternity in latin the phrase is used to mean since the beginning or for long ages. The episode title was the final one uh, derived from a Latin phrase following tabula rasa and deus ex machina. Next, 
Executive producers Lindelof and Cuse imply that the ship approaching the island under bright sunny skies in Incident Part 1 and the Black Rock's approach to the island in a violent thunderstorm in this episode are nonetheless the same ship, and that after the Man in Black and Jacob's conversation, a storm appeared and threw the Black Rock inland. Third, this episode marks the first time that a character has referred to Jacob's brother as the Man in Black. Fourth, uh, the beginning of the episode, in the beginning of the episode with Richard trying to get medicine for his wife, there's a uh, direct reference to the Heinz dilemma. Now, I must confess, I had to look that up on Wikipedia, and uh, it's it's worth talking about for a moment beyond its um, its its quick definition. The Heinz dilemma is essentially this. Um, it, it, you're given the basic situation. Uh, Heinz's wife was near death. Uh, it can only be got from a drug, uh, from a pharmacist who's selling it for quite a bit. Um, only so much money can be paid. Uh, ultimately, Heinz considers uh, stealing the drug. Would it be wrong for him to do that? Yes or no? Uh, the the person who developed this, or, or at least the person who uh, used it, uh, was Lawrence Kohlberg, who related it to these stages of moral development. And I'll just mention here, it's uh, it certainly speaks to kind of a you know uh, some universal notions here of uh, of moral development. So I was going to read from from that Wikipedia page at length about the six stages: obedience, self interest, conformity, law and order, human rights, and universal human ethics it's worth taking a look at because you kind of would say well she needs it the guy's being uh, um you know raked over the coals for money he doesn't have therefore stealing is okay but it, it takes a um it takes a, a six uh six stage look at things not just kind of a yes or no so check out the uh, the heinz dilemma certainly back directly though to lost Richard was chained in the hold for at least five days, according to the lines he carved onto the ship's rib. A scene in which Richard is shown carving lines was filmed, but later deleted due to time. Uh, the Lost Encyclopedia also states a period of one week. However, Nestor Carbonell stated on the Geronimo Jack's Beard podcast that the production crew agreed on a time of about four weeks before the man in black freed Richard. Uh, I personally find the idea of four weeks to be... Um, not not particularly well thought out with all due respect to Nestor Carbonell. I think to exist, I mean, Richard is in bad shape, certainly when Man in Black finally helps him out. To exist four weeks with basically nothing to drink strikes me as improbable. Um, I might even have gotten sick at that point, just you know being in your own your own waste and your own filth. Um, whereas I think four, five, six days, that's something where, you know, you could you could eke it out to to the level of desperation that we see uh, Richard at when MIB shows up. Anyhow, continuing with Lostpedia, the White Rock, which Jacob hands to Richard as a gift for the Man in Black, is the same White Rock on the scales outside the cliffside cave in the Substitute. Continuing on, aside from double-length season premieres and finales, this is the longest episode of Lost with a runtime of forty-seven minutes and 37 seconds as we start to wrap up the trivia here uh, this episode opens with the flashback of one character Ilana features a long flashback for a second character Richard and ends with the flashback of another character the man in black this is the last episode where a character has their first flashback certainly <laughs> only took 112 episodes to get through everybody 
Uh, this is the last episode that features new flashbacks in the traditional style of the show, i.e. not using archive, archive footage uh, when the characters wake up in the series finale. This is one of two episodes that end in flashback, the other being Dave. Both episodes also end in flashback of a different character than the centric one, yet take place during the same time period. So certainly a beloved episode, a complex episode, and one that is immensely, immensely emotionally satisfying. With that, let's look ahead to next week, episode 610, The Package. So nice to see uh, more Desmond episodes. And of course, with episode 610, uh, we are now, or even at the conclusion of this podcast, we are now at single digits for what is left for lost. Only nine to go. And certainly next week, as I said, the package. After that, happily ever after. 612, everybody loves Hugo. Then we really start to get closer and closer to the end. With that, everybody, I'm glad that we were able to uh, spend lots of time talking Lost today, even though the episode itself, as I said, you know, it was a bit strange to podcast it just because of the nature uh, of of uh, the episode, the things that make it unique. I'm glad that uh, glad that we had a nice long chat anyway. And I will talk to you all again next week for 610 The Package. Take care, everybody, and bye-bye. It's you.